Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Oh, it's great to be back with you here on Private Club Radio. We've got an amazing guest, Mark Beto of Myers Park Country Club, who also sits on a number of committees over at the Club Management Association of America. And Mark is going to talk to us about the strategic plan of the CMAA, as well as some of the redistricting that's happening with the chapters. And we're also going to talk about Mark's philosophy on hospitality and club management. And it's just a wonderful conversation that you're going to enjoy. So last week I got my annual invitation to submit an application or a speaking proposal for the big CMAA World Conference. And a lot of you have asked me, why haven't I not spoken there in the past? And honestly, I scratch my head just like you because I think I've spoken at just about every other major industry conference except the CMAA World Conference. And it's not for lack of trying. I just want to let you know (laughs) every single year I submit a proposal and every single year I've been denied, I think, four years running. And I think that's like seven or eight proposals that I've put in there. So I'm trying for you. And all I can say is if you listen to this show and you enjoy what I have to say, if you've read one of my books, and chances are you have, because one out of every three clubs in the country has read the Definitive Guide to Membership Marketing, and many, many, many across the country have read the ABCs of Plutonium Private Club Leadership or have contributed or in somehow, some way been a part of that book, or if you've listened to this show and enjoyed it, hundreds and hundreds of interviews, I think I've gathered an incredible library of information just from the experts that we've had on this show. And I think I've got something really important to say in terms of the future of the private club industry, but I'm going to rely on you this year to lobby the CMAA on my behalf. If you want to hear it, if you don't want to hear it, if you're not going to be attending the world conference, of course, you know, I get it. But if you're going to be there and if you really think that my voice needs to be heard, I'm going to leave it up to you this year. This year, I am not going to be submitting a proposal. And it's not out of spite or anything like that. I have been really focusing on my family this year. I'm taking many, many, many less speaking engagements and any kind of work that requires me to travel. However, I do have a real passion for this industry and a real heart to help change it and move it in the right direction, which is why this show exists, of course. And there is one topic that I think everyone does need to hear, and I would be willing to do that. It's the final chapter in the ABCs of Plutonium Private Club Leadership. It's my vision of where the club industry is heading in the next decade. It's taken me 300 or so private club radio interviews to build that vision. And it all comes from talking to the greatest experts, minds much smarter than my own. And I think there is a serious problem that is brooding for private clubs, but it's one that can be solved. And if you've read that book, you know I start off saying that your club will not be here in the next 25 or 100 years, at least not the way it is today. And if we can help change that, the doors will be open. If we can't, then the doors will be closing at a lot of our clubs around the country. I don't want to see that happen. And so if that's a topic that 
you want to hear that you think is worthy of being presented that you think could impact some clubs around the world, then let the CMAA know and I'm going to leave it at that. The other announcement I want to make today is it's been a while that I've talked about it, but this show exists for you, specifically for you. And as such, I want to bring on guests and talk about topics that you want to hear. When I first started the show, I created a little poll over at privateclubradio.com slash vote where you can vote for the topic. And I know we've got so many new listeners that need to know that that exists. So it's privateclubradio.com slash vote and you can choose from a number of topics or submit your own. And I do my best to find the right expert that will chat about that subject matter and be our expert here on that show. So make sure to go over there and cast your vote today and look forward to seeing what rolls in. All right, without further ado, it's time to bring on our featured guest. Well, my next guest is Mark Beto of Myers Park Country Club. Mark has over 25 years experience in the private club industry. He started his career with the accounting firm of Deloitte, where he was a financial advisor to several private clubs. He then moved on to Oakmont Country Club. They hired him to be their controller. And he held many positions within the CMAA. As he was president of three different chapters, chairman of the mentoring council. He was elected to the national board in 2014, and he's chaired the professional development committee. He is currently the vice chairman of the national board and chairs the strategic planning and student development task force. And he's got some other really cool recognitions. He's earned his master club manager, which is no easy task. So congratulations to Mark on that. And in 2015, he received his excellence in club management national award. So Mark, welcome to private club radio, sir. Thank you, Gabe. It's an honor to be here and thank you for uh, asking me to be part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk to you guys about your strategic planning process at CMAA. You're wrapping up a five-year strategic plan, and now you're looking into the future. Um, what did you find out? Well, one of the first things when uh, Jeff Morgan came on board, we realized we didn't have an active or a roadmap to where we wanted to go. We knew what our vision and mission was, but we didn't have a roadmap, and we felt it was important to uh, develop a strategic plan. So in this first year, uh, I, we use the word co-created a strategic plan, and we try to be as inclusive as possible and used whether it was uh, our, our leadership of our board, leadership of the staff, but also really I thought it did a really nice job of reaching out to the membership and surveying. Uh, also, we really used LLC, Leadership Legislative Conference, to really tap into what keeps managers up at night. And we identified some of those things, and we put a strategic plan together to help identify and help solve some of those issues or provide support in those areas. And we're wrapping that up. We're in year four. And uh, for anyone who knows Jeff, there's, uh, there's no moth that goes underneath, underneath him. And we are moving forward and looking at how have we done. And the first thing we're doing right now is uh, doing a little scorecard and seeing what we did well, what we may, may, may have not done as well as we wanted to, or things that maybe we don't need to address or things we need to focus on harder. Uh, and then uh, we've done some surveying, and we're going to start off. Uh, we have committee weekend coming up in early May, and looking forward to starting that with all our different committees and with our strategic planning committee, and then continue to do some surveying and getting feedback from our membership. And then we're really going to use LLC again to help 
really drill down to what we need to do, what, what kind of services, what kind of things our focus should our association be to help uh, address the issues that, that keep our managers up at night. Yeah. Could we talk about a couple of those issues? What, what were some of the big things that you found out that, that do keep people up at night? Well, as in our industry, and it appears that it's almost in every industry, the number one item that keeps managers up at night is hiring, retaining, training, and developing staff. It's been a huge challenge for managers all across the country, and I know that's true. Uh, I've been fortunate to attend the golf industry show for the superintendents and also the PGA show, and they really focus on, on, on that also. I know here at Myers Park, uh, trying to develop uh, our service staff has been a challenge as, uh, as they could take their skills anywhere, go from here to go to another club or go to a restaurant, and we have different types of pay scales, which has been a real challenge for us in, in, in the industry. Uh, I think developing talent has been a real challenge, and uh, one thing we'd like to address is with the students and internships. Uh, as we go through this process, one of the things that we're identifying also is the importance of uh, developing uh, our students and keeping them within the industry. One of our challenges has been that they come to conference, they enjoy what they see, but they end up going with a hotel where they they appear to have a better uh, training program, and we need to do a better job of, of uh, demonstrating the training and developing uh, of staff that we could do in, in the hospitality or specifically in the product club industry. Yeah, I think it's it definitely a trend throughout the country. I know even in my own, in my own business, it was a lot easier to find talent and, and, and hold talent, you know, maybe eight, nine years ago. <laughs> it's a completely different circumstance today where it's such a competitive market for the few people that are out there that are qualified. <laughs> I think we all feel that pain. Absolutely. Well, the good. The good news is is that the economy is good. Yeah. The bad news is the economy is good. I mean, with <laughs> unemployment being at 4%, which really translates to very few people looking for jobs, we have to be the very best we can be to attract and retain talent. And we yeah. have to continue to um, develop ways to, to, to make us uh, the employer of choice. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen any clubs out there that have tackled that problem in a unique way or have, have addressed that problem? Uh, I really believe that the one way to do that is clubs are more and more becoming universities so that they're doing a great job with uh, developing their staff from within. It's very hard to uh, to bring staff on because they're happy where they are or they're being taken care of where they are. So you need to train and develop your own people, whether it's uh, uh, day in and day out on the job training or just developing their skill set. I know that uh, guys like Michael McCarthy has done a great job with the university. It is at his at his uh, at his club at Addison Reserve, you know Joe Krenz has done a good job with his internship uh, program, uh, as Matt Lambert has done down in uh, West Palm. These these clubs have been leaders in our industry in developing uh, their students, their internship program, and realizing how important it is to provide mentorship. And I think one of the things that we provide a very good job of, but we don't capitalize enough on, it, is the mentorship. Uh, mm-hmm opportunities that uh, private club managers do for their staff and uh, people in the business. Yeah. Great points. Absolutely. Well said. Now, uh, as you mentioned, you know, it's been five years since the original strategic plan of the CMAA and some of those things that kept managers up at night might have changed over the last five years. So is there any, any new issues arising, the things that you're going to be wanting to address in the coming years? I, I think we need to continue to evolve as an association. I look forward to hearing what our membership is telling us. Uh, we're in the process of doing some surveying uh, and also hearing from 
our committee leaders and also looking for our, from our chapter leaders. One of the things that we've worked on for the past year and a half is what, we, what we're calling uh, chapter alignment and whether you know alignment control all our chapters uh, in national are making providing a great value proposition for our membership and that we have equitable membership uh, experience for all our members whether you're in Nebraska or in Florida or in Charlotte North Carolina are we providing a very equitable membership uh, experience for them or at least have the opportunity for them to be uh, for them to have that good experience so you're looking at the, the the where the chapters are located regionally, and if there's enough chapters and, and things like that. Then, uh, I think it is all about is the chapters. Do we have, are we providing enough leadership to, to each chapter? Mm-hmm. Are we providing uh, are we providing enough uh, professional support for them? Because as in any association, there, there there's the uh, there's the, the paid. Uh, staff, like we have a national CMA or the managing, managing directors, which are really the backbone of our association across this, across this country. They're the ones who provide continuity and consistency. And do we have enough uh, unpaid leadership? A lot of our smaller chapters, uh, which I've been a part of and uh, helped try to lead, is that you keep rotating leadership uh, through the same people. And uh, sometimes that just doesn't work because They've done their thing. They're looking on to do something else, and you keep having to go back to the well over and over again. Where a chapter, a, a large chapter, has a much larger pool of, of candidates who want to spend that time or have the ability, ability of time to help lead their chapter or, or take their take their turn uh, being a part of the leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're working on the National Student Development Task Force, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, Mark. Sure. We we are in the very Beginnings of that that process also was announced at conference. I know that our chairman Randy Ruder has had great passion around student uh, chapters, and also uh, he's also run. Uh, I think it's going to run a second uh, student uh, uh, student conference uh, later this year. And he knows that I have great passion for our students also. So we're, we're trying to do look at it three ways. First of all. How can we help support the student chapters? Uh, and really the backbone of the student chapters is the support they receive from the school and also uh, the person at, at the school uh, who's on staff, who's helping make that chapter successful. I look look at uh, what uh, Jack Fry has done at Agro when, when he was there, how important to have that student sponsor be, be so strong and how we could support them. Also, when they're in school, how we can provide Good internship experiences for our uh, for our students who are working at clubs, so that gives them a good feel for what clubs are about. And then, just as importantly, postgraduate jobs, uh, because obviously, when they graduate, they're looking for jobs. And what are we doing to help attract and retain uh, these outstanding students who come to conference or go to student conference, who are very very engaged uh, within their uh, their industry? A lot of times, we've lost them to to the hotels who have done a much better job of marketing um, this uh, management and development program. And I think more and more clubs are developing them uh, and making it much more flexible so that they have, there, there's a path for success within our industry and helping to find that. Like I said, we're in the very beginning of this. Uh, we have some great people on, on this committee and looking forward to tackling uh, this issue over the next year. And uh, I know that, like I said, uh, Randy uh, Ruder, our, our chairman has great passion um, and I have a uh, good passion about it also and looking forward to uh, finding ways to continue to uh, retain this outstanding student uh, talent that we have and keep them in, in the club industry. 
Yeah, absolutely. Is there one thing you would tell clubs, you know, in terms of their recruiting or, you know, a message or something that they should, they should be telling some of these uh, younger hospitality professionals to attract them instead of, instead of going to hotels? Well, it's funny. One of the first things that the students were looking for, especially for their internship, is housing. Anything you could do to provide housing for them uh, as they come from all over the country, whether it's, you know, I've been in college towns where they're looking for some some, some people to take up their housing during the summer months using that, or if you have property that you have or condos you could have, anything you could do to provide housing for them makes you that much more attractive. No, oh, that's great. I think, you get over that, I think you get over that hurdle one of the most important things is, is to lay out at the very beginning, what your objectives are, what your goals are, what you're looking for from these internships and have a structured program where they understand what their expectations are. They understand what your expectations are and and you constantly are discussing them as as you go through it, through this process, whether it's a three month internship, a six month internship, a 12 month in, uh, in, in development, I think it's so important to have a strong communications and make a commitment and follow through with that commitment as, as, as they should also. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great advice. And I, I, I bet you could go even a, a step further there and talk about, you know, cool housing for these people or, or the, the way millennials <laughs> and the younger generation want to live and is a little bit different than the, than some of the other generations. You got to take that into account as well. <laughs> Maybe you and I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I concur a hundred percent. You know, And what's happening is that these golf tournaments are doing a great job of tapping in. I know um, uh, Tom Delosier did a great job with the PGA Championship of tapping into South Carolina and having all these kids work the PGA Championship. And Gustin National does a great job of having all these kids from South Carolina and Florida State and Augusta University. And you look around, there are all these students who are working in the Masters. And what a great opportunity would be to extend that beyond just the masters and not having other clubs pick up on that. Right. And I think that's hugely important mm-hmm. that you have this enthusiasm feed off that and, uh, provide a, a meaningful uh, experience for them. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, you've got some wonderful philosophies. I've kept up with you on social media and some of the things you've written and whatnot. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd love for you to just explain your philosophy of the club business for us. Sure. Definitely. Well, I, I'm blessed. I, you know, I graduated with an accounting degree, and uh, I was a debit head at uh, a large accounting firm, and was very blessed to uh, come into the industry by working on a number of clubs in, uh, in, in the Pittsburgh area. And I was blessed to work with for a great uh, mentor. I was at Oakmont, and I walked into uh, Pat LaRocca's office, and I, I sat there. And I was about to ask him a very important audit question, which might have been like, "Why well, is inventory up?" or something like that, which is probably pre- pretty meaningless. And on his wall, he had two things on his wall. He had one thing that said CMAA and one said CCM. And I had no idea what that meant. And he's taken me on a great journey on, on uh, in the club business. And he's been a great mentor to me. But what, one thing he talked to me, and I learned that from him and Bob Ford, the PGA pro there, and Mark Coons, the superintendent, is that we're not, we are not in the golf business or the swim business or the food and beverage business. We're an experienced business. And the only way we're going to be successful and you encourage people to use their club is we need to be relevant to them in their lives. And we have to provide a wonderful experience for them. And we've got to keep that in mind every time, every time they touch or touch their club and trying to manage those moments of truth is, is, is so, so important. Yeah. And on the flip side, in order for a club to be successful and be able to deliver that, it's our responsibility. We talk about at Charlotte in Charlotte, we are the club of choice in Charlotte. 
for our membership, but we also got to be the club of choice for our staff. And we got to continue to find ways to to, to uh, engage our staff, to continue to make make them better. And at times that that provides challenges for us because they are uh, bettering themselves and moving on to better jobs, which we fully support, but it causes to be some shorthand sometimes. sometimes. So we got to be constantly uh, finding new talent and uh, refer. Uh, yeah, refilling our bench so, so that we have good talent to uh, and to provide a wonderful membership experience. For, yep, for just them. just like a professional baseball team, you got to have a pretty deep bullpen these days, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And that's why I am such a big fan of the internship program, and and also always expanding your network and scouting scouting talent. And uh, when I got here, we realized that we have a thousand kids under the age of eighteen. A thousand kids wow. on the age of eighteen. And every year, we we punted on um, adding a, uh, a youth activities director, and uh, finally, we decided that we needed that position. And she has come on and and, and just lit a fire uh, of enthusiasm and does stuff that I would never have the uh, idea to do, <laughs> whether it's putting thirty five golf carts in the ballroom for a winter no uh, a winter drive in or. <laughs> Putting uh, 25 tons of ice on uh, all of the hills on our golf course to create a sledding day in February. Wow, cool! But those 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 kids' memories will that will always be there. Right, they will always always have those memories and, and those touch points and are our future members. That's at the same time we have to do. Yeah, we, we have to do the same thing for our seniors also because uh, they want to feel that uh, they're being taken care of also. So it's you have to be constantly finding new ways to to engage them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Well, that's a perfect lead into my my uh, last question for you, Mark, which is you, you've put you really your heart and soul into this industry and uh, you continue to be a leader, not only in the CMAA, but the industry as a whole. And I'd love to just uh, find out from you what you would love your lasting legacy to be. Wow. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed to work and known great managers within within our industry, and uh, I, I think about uh, what Skip Avery has talked to me a lot about is you know they don't remember what you say or what you do, they just remember how you made them feel, and the fact that our industry has touched people's lives in such meaningful ways, and we're there with them when when they have celebrating birthdays or anniversaries or weddings, uh, or, or or holding them when when they're going through some 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 deep deep sorrow. And it's important that we touch them in their lives and make them feel good about those experiences or support them when they're going through a tough time. And I also say that not just for our members, it's for for our staff and for the managers that we're developing who really want to be successful. And I think it's really neat that, um, at least myself personally, is that uh, having great, great relationships with members, but also with managers, not just in front of the house and the back of the house. It's the great relationships I have with, uh, with 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 my superintendent friends, whether it's all the way up from Red Evans, who's you know executive director of the, the GCSAA, all the way down to our assistant superintendents or our grounds crew, and the same thing with the PGA or John Embry with uh, with the tennis association. I think it's important developing those networks and having having those friends and people you rely on it as you try to navigate uh, uh, this wonderful field. Yeah, you're right. It's all about the relationships. That's the business we're in, and um, you've done a great job of it. Mark, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your wisdom with us. If people want to just learn more about you or maybe reach out to you, how would they best go about doing that? <laughs> sure. Uh, you can always reach out to me uh, 
through Twitter, I'm Mark underscore Beto. I'm on Instagram sometimes, Mark underscore Beto. Email always works, mbeto at myersparkcc.com or give me a call, 704-790-7882, 704-790-7882. Thanks, I'm, I'm blessed with a great network, and uh, believe me, uh, I don't have any great ideas, but people always provide me good ones. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks so much for being a guest here on Private Club Radio with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What a great guy. So humble, just salt of the earth gentleman right there. That was a great interview. Really enjoyed speaking with Mark. And what I liked also about Mark is when I asked him if he'd come on the show, he said yes right away, scheduled himself into the calendar immediately, which told me that he was motivated. And so often I ask people to come on the show and I think they get cold feet and they put it off and they're nervous, but you can tell someone is really a leader, really a servant leader when they show up. So thanks Mark for showing up. It was great to have you on private club radio. I'm heading up to DC this week for the national club conference to gather up some interviews to bring you over the coming week. So I hope you will stay tuned. I'll be back next week. I hope to see you here as well. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.